Oh yeah, what a day, what a time to be alive. A special treat today here in the studio. We welcome in the one and the only, the man himself, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Zach, good morning. What's going on, Evo? I'm very excited today. I, I had a hard time sleeping because I was like, you know what? My man Nelson's going under the knife. He's getting some rhinoplasty, or uh, his cartilage fix, I should say, and his a, nose. He's, he's getting a nose job. He's getting a nose job. And I said, I need someone to call up. So I saw you in the hallway. I'm like, hey, would you like to do the show with me? And you said, yeah, immediately. Scraping the bottle of bar- uh, the barrel. It's only been four years. You finally asked me to do the morning show. I'm very, very excited. I Yeah, it's, it's only been four years, very, right? Very, It has only been four years. It took four years to get to this point. You've gotten all the way to the bottom of the barrel, and, no, and here no, we no, are. No, no. I'm, I'm, it's not scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm skimming off, you know, the top when yeah. they have that like fine nectar, and there's that oh, top. You sure. did the first tasting when you have it. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm getting, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about today, Zach. I do have a surprise for you at nine o'clock. I'm mm. not going to tell you what it is, but it is a surprise. Can't wait. You, sh- you might be able to guess it for deductive reasoning throughout the show, but and knowing me, I might let it slip. Yeah. But at 9 o'clock, there is a, a special surprise for our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Uh, but, you know, we got a couple hours to kill before that. Yes, we Zach. do. Yeah. So I'm looking last night, and it's not a good day for Major League Baseball. As what was it last week, Rob Manfred said that he can guarantee 100% that there was going to be baseball in 2020. And then what did we find out yesterday? Rob Manfred in an interview with, uh, what, ESPN, Mike Greenberg. Was it Mike Greenberg? Was it? it was, yeah, ESPN's yeah. return to sports thing. Yeah, which was not a good look with, was it every commissioner there that uh, talking about how they're going to return to sports? Rob Manfred said it was essentially a disaster for Major League Baseball. And then he said in an interview that <laughs> there basically wasn't going to be any any baseball in 2020. How do you go from five days ago saying 100% unequivocally there's going to be baseball to, yeah, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not confident that yeah, there's going to be baseball. I'm not confident. I can't 100% say that that's the, well, and he's getting killed for it. And As rightfully he should. so. Is he now the worst commissioner? Maybe this is a poll we could have. Is this is he now the worst commissioner taking Roger Goodell's spot on the mantle? He's having, an, he's running away with it. And then in the NFL and the NBA and everybody else that is dealing with, you know, similar issues is trying to get back to sports is just sitting there and saying, Thank God, uh, you know, because there, people aren't focusing necessarily on anything else. Yeah, obviously, b- basketball has gotten a little bit uh, of an issue as well with Kyrie Irving and yeah. uh, the players that uh, are a little hesitant about wanting to play in Orlando. But my God, baseball looks so it's, bad. It's right terrible, now. man. At least you know, at least NBA got most of their season, and when they have like a fifth of their season left, and then um, by all accounts, I think they are going to restart in Orlando. The NBA that is. Yeah, I, I hope so. I don't think there's anything that's going to take them away. Like, I mean, no. there's going to be other be guys that don't want to play because they don't want to take away from the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. There sure certainly is. There's going to be guys that yeah. don't want to do it health wise too. But an overwhelming majority of guys are going to want to play. And I thought it was kind of uh, I'm not sure who it was. Um, I think it may have been Pat Beverly said if, uh, if yeah LeBron if, if, if LeBron is playing. We're all playing. Yeah. LeBron says jump, we say how high. Yes. And then I did see, gosh, I forget exactly who the player was, but maybe it was a former player. It might have been, was it Kendrick Perkins? It was someone that was very usually very vocal, and he was talking about Kyrie. Yeah. When it comes to the NBA, he says, Kyrie is always all about the drama. He's always saying things just to make it about him, and he's always trying to stir the pot when the pot doesn't need to be stirred. 
the most messed up thing about it is he was part of the 28 to nothing vote to go ahead and approve going to Orlando. And now, obviously, things have changed. I'm not positive on the day of the vote, but I think it has been since George Floyd's uh, death. Yeah. And so some of these things were happening when he decided to vote yes. And now, after looking through the plan more, you're voting no? Like, you were yeah. part of this plan to... You, you were part of the group that put together the plan. Yeah, you were part the of the group that, that did the you know negotiation. And now you're coming back and saying, eh, I don't want to play. And the thing about Kyrie and is he's he not, wasn't going to play anyways. That's the, that's the other thing. Would, he be, would it be different <laughs> so, if the Nets were going to be in a situation where they were going to uh, have like a if shot Durant at, said he was going to play too? Yeah. Right. If yeah. Durant said he was coming back because Durant shut it down, and then Kyrie, what did he opted? He opted to have surgery. I think it was on his shoulder, I want to say. Yep. And then, you know, he's part of like what you just said. He was part of the plan with the commissioner to bring basketball back, and he's, now he says he he's willing to risk it all, you know, for social reform. I, I struggle. Well, I say do it then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because he's not playing. Right. So do it. I, I, I struggle with him sometimes, just and not because he's wrong in having issues with potentially taking away from the, from the movement, because mm-hmm. he's got a point, but... He does. He's a flat earther. He's a flat earther. I know. How do, how, how do you sit there and... How do you sit there and say there's flat and then say stuff like that? that right. Like, I, I, I take everything he says with a little bit of grain of salt now. Same. Remember when the Bucks were playing the Celtics at the Mecca? And Kyrie was saying that, that the floor was old and dilapidated and, like wavy and whatnot because he i think he legitimately thought they were playing on the old mecca floor from the yeah. 70s or 80s or whatever <laughs> as opposed to just being a, a painted floor. A painted floor that looks exactly <laughs> like it did so in Kyrie 1970 irving. Kyrie irving is phenomenal player just a very interesting i guess case to study mentally i'd say yeah he's a very strange guy he, he's a and he's a very intelligent guy too yeah he likes he's kind of like you well i'm intelligent he's, thank he, you he's kind of like you <laughs> He's kind of. Well, Would you like to stir the pot? Yes. When the pot doesn't need to be stirred, it, it doesn't for that, his own uh, for his own entertainment. I probably should not have thrown the intelligent part in there before. Hey, remember uh, this is all recorded before saying. It could be. It's going to be a promo. He, he does like he knows how to get under people and how they start going. You know a little bit. Yeah, and, I know uh, how to, to do that to get them going and, and kind of get them thinking and uh, reacting. <laughs> and he's done that, and he has. And again. This is a different situation than saying that the flat the Earth is flat. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, like people aren't dying because he's saying the Earth is flat. He's they're not dying. Yeah, there, there's no movement he's trying to get going. Like they're okay. Kyrie Irving says he he's willing to risk it all for social change. I say do it. And he also has a lot of money. So if you want to find out the Earth truly is flat, go to the edge. You have the money to do it. Right. Go and, to the edge. And the thing is, like he's he'll be missing out. All these guys will be missing out. You know, when you put the whole pool together, hundreds of millions of dollars if they don't come back and play. And yep. for some, that's not a big deal. For Kyrie Irving, it's probably not a big deal. For the lower guys at the end of the roster, it kind of is it's kind a, big, of a deal. big deal. Exactly. And, um, you know, looking at the NBA, you actually have Dwight Howard, one of the active players, being very vocal. And I like Dwight Howard's message. Dwight Howard's message was essentially, I've never felt more unity and more closer um, to my family and to my community during this lockdown um, you know, during the pandemic. And Dwight Howard is saying, maybe now is not the time to restart basketball. We start our movement from within, from our community, our family, our unity, and then, you know, work out from there. So Dwight Howard, I love Dwight Howard's message. Kyrie Irving was, I get what Kyrie Irving was saying, but at the same time, it's like, you're not playing. So if you do want to risk it all, then do it. Dwight Howard, you had Patrick Beverly, which you were talking about saying, well, LeBron James says we're going to do it, so we're going to do it. Who does LeBron James play for? The Lakers. Who does Dwight Howard play for? The Lakers. 
So right. that's my other question is what happens with Dwight Howard and LeBron James? Uh, Dwight Howard, his agent came out and said, even after that statement, came out and said, Dwight has not made his mind up of whether he's going to play or not. <laughs> but there's there's another guy in the Lakers, Avery Bradley, who's part of Kyrie's uh, – they, they had a call with over 40 players yesterday talking about a number of – of uh, topics in terms of going to Orlando, and some of it's safety, and some of it is you know trying to figure out a way to not infringe on that moment yeah. and not infringe on what is happening right now. But you know, again, I I just don't think there's going to be enough guys to no, be like yeah. we're not going to play. Uh, they're playing. They're they're going. I, I can't imagine they won't. Like, there's playing. just there's just way too many people involved that want to play. Well, the thing that the thing that kind of makes me wonder about all of it is. Okay, so yeah, the majority of players, they had the plan, they worked with the commissioner, they worked with the players' association, everyone worked together to get this plan in place. It's in place, they're going to do it. They have to stay, what, seven weeks quarantine before they can even see family members? I think it's seven weeks, but the first round of the playoffs is when you can finally, I think, start seeing family members. Yeah. So you're going to be seven weeks in Orlando. It's not like you're going to be living in squalor, though. You're going to be living in luxury. It's just there ain't going to be many people there. The thing that makes me concerned about the restart of the season is they, the NBA, and their staff and players and et cetera, have to abide by certain rules in the wide world of sports complex. The staff members that are employed by Disney don't. I don't know if you saw that story or not. No. If you are a staff member there, you essentially, so the NBA players and staff, they have to stay there in a bubble. They right. can't leave. The people that work in the facilities can come and go. They can go to their house. They can go see their families. They don't abide by the same rules, and they will be in contact sometimes with them if you're a cleaning crew, et cetera, et cetera. So you have the NBA and their players and staff having to abide by their rules of quarantining and not leaving, but then you have the Disney staff who does not have to abide by those rules. So there's the one thing, because we saw yesterday what Major League Baseball and now the NFL, we'll talk about it coming up, have been popped with COVID-19 tests, positive tests, Ezekiel Elliott being one of them. They didn't name any baseball players, but uh, they sort of pitching coach and someone else who is a player. There's some conspiracy theories there. Well, we'll have to get into it. But it's um, so if you're the NBA, I think that is a red flag for me when it comes to restarting the season. It is. But again, I I think they're going to be tested. They're going to be, you know, the thermometer thing. Uh, Have we got it here? Though I don't know how accurate it is because. Uh, you know, like 35, like what was your temperature when you came in this morning? Do you remember? Uh, it was, uh, it's in Celsius. What was it? Um, was it 36.4? Or... And so that's on the chart. That's what, 90, yeah. 97, 98? Yeah. That was like the normal. Yeah. What were you? 35.1. Oh, you're cold as ice. And I don't get it. It's not like I've been, you know. <laughs> Did you put it up by your head? I, 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 yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, but no, the, the Disney employees, that's that's what's going to happen. Do you see some of the, the outline for the media? That would want no, to attend. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. So there's like two tiers of media. One tier, you would be. So there is going to be media there, though. There is, but it's going to be very expensive for those that want to want to be down there. And there's two tiers. So the first tier is if you, uh, you live in the bubble, like you come and you get all that stuff. You can't leave the bubble. You're there for all seven weeks, and you have an opportunity to then go and interact with the guys yeah. on a one-on-one basis. Then the second tier is you can go down there, you can attend games, you can be in the stands, but you have no contact whatsoever with the players. Okay. Those are the two options for you. So And so this, the, the point of sitting in the stands is with walk. no access whatsoever makes no sense yeah, to do it at no, all. What would be the point? And no the first point. part of it would be just off the off the wall expensive for someone well, to put somebody up in So the first part Disney. is you'd have to be essentially when they get there in quarantine with them? Yeah, you're in there too. 
you're in there, <laughs> and you're there, and you're there <laughs> on for, your own dime. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. The, 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 I think they said they'll feed you, but everything else is on you. And you know how expensive that would be down there oh. at that time because there probably are going to be you know some that will do it. But like it's all going to be national media. There's not going to be a chance for any. It's like, not in local. our budget. I don't think. No. To send you down there no. to watch the Bucks. No. <laughs> voice the championship. It's not. Especially when they would get. They probably get knocked out. Like you would have to like buy like the full seven weeks, and they would get knocked wow. out. Like after they get knocked out in the eight game, the uh, the one eight game, and, and then you're still there. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you're you're still paying for it even if you're there or not. That's insane. Right. <laughs> All right, not a good look for baseball yesterday. Last week, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, guaranteed baseball in 2020. And then Friday, what? Major League Baseball, the owners, they dumped a new proposal and a scathing letter. Did you ever see Did you ever see any of the letter? Did they release it? That the, the players union sent to the back to the MLB? No, the MLB sent to the players union. Because there was a scathing letter. It was a five-page letter with a proposal in it for a restart of the season. The first three pages were apparently scathing about telling the Players Association to basically get it together, yada, yada, yada. And the Players Association was like, what the F is this? And then um, the final two pages was the proposal to get back to play. And then they gave them to Sunday, the Players Association, to make a decision. They didn't even wait till Sunday. They waited until Saturday. One day, not even 24 hours, they're like, no, not happening. No counter offer. Just tell us when and where. Yeah. In baseball, I think, you know what, uh, Manfred would, I think Commissioner Manfred would say, yeah, let's play. But he wants them to drop any yeah. kind of uh, grievance that they would potentially file over that March 26th agreement that they signed where they agreed to prorated contracts. Uh, and they're not going to do that. So that's that's kind of where the it's a standoff, right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's we, one say if you do this, we'll come back and play baseball. And I think the players are saying, go for it. Yeah. So as last week, Manfred says, I guarantee baseball in 2020. And then on June 13th, after the players' association rejected the latest offer, the players' association says we're not going to have any counter offers. It's time to get back to work, though. Tell us when and where to play. Right. That's on June 13th. Well, yesterday was June 15th, and Rob Manfred, two days later after Major League Baseball's Players Association said it's time to get back to work, tells when and where. Two days later, yesterday, Manfred says that he's not confident there's going to be a season. Just I, what happened in this past couple days? Well, I think it's the, I think it's the fact that they didn't even come back and have any kind of different offer after over the weekend, right? I mean, yeah. they, they were expecting to have another offer back and forth. Look, it comes down to this. Players have drawn a, a, a line in the sand and said, you agreed to prorated contracts in March on March 26th. We took we were okay with that, even though it was a pay cut. Yeah. Even though it's a pay cut, we're agreeing to it because it's you know different situation. It's a different situation, and they're not and they're saying we won't take another one. And they think that that contract that they signed in in March is the one that or the agreement they signed in March agreed to in March is it? That's it. Yeah. And they, and they don't need to take any like, further. That's and, the pay cut we took. And baseball is saying you do because there's no fans in the stands and uh, that. To, that's the crux of it. And again, 162 <laughs> games. It's a long season. It's a long season. It's a ve- I, I, I've always said it's very long. I personally, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge baseball guy. I don't think it necessarily needs to be that long. I'm right there with you. 50 games, a little bit short. 50 games is short. It would be fun. I mean, it, it, it would it, be in a wild, weird season like this is. If there is a season, which looks like there's not going to be, it'd be fun. Yeah. But it'd be a what they say a 48 to 54 game regular season now and the Major League Baseball's Players Association would not approve an expanded postseason field. Spring training 2.0 would have to begin mid July to play 48 to 54 games 
in the regular season without the postseason extending into November. Here's the point. Who who at that who at that time? <laughs> early August when the basketball playoffs are going to be going on, the yeah. hockey playoffs are going to be going on, football is going to be ramping up the preseason. Who the hell is going to care about baseball at that point? Especially in a 50 48 to 54 game season. They had a chance to be no the, one will care. They had a chance to be the lead to come back first. They yeah. should be opening on July 4th. They should be in they should be in spring training right now. Yep. And they're not. And instead they're just being the complete most tone deaf league in in of all time. And this is I, I feel like if this does not happen, if this if they ended up not playing, it's gonna it's not going to be good. The negotiations between the players' union and the and because there's a potential work stoppage coming up, yeah. in the next few years, we may not see baseball for quite some time. Uh, it's it's nuts. It's insane. Because they have screwed the pooch royally here, and I blame someone's got to take the fall for this the most. And honestly, it's got to be the commissioner, Rob Manfred. If if you are the commissioner of a league, you need to do everything in your power to get the two sides together on an agreement, bring him to the table and find something that you can agree on and start from there. He's the one in charge of the league. He is, but he also works for the owners. That's also true. Right. But like, he's also like the commissioner. Roger, just like Roger Goodell does. You th- like, that's you, why you, you bring this guy in, in well go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's what you gotta get your owners and you gotta get your players and you gotta as the commissioner, you're like you know, you're you're mediating. You're immediate you're mediating there. You need to get them to come to bridge together something. Or you could just be like, hey, owners, sack up, pay what you thought was what you agreed oh, yeah, to true. in March. I mean, play 50 games if you want to do it. Just get it done. Like, that That has to be it, too. I agree. Is it, agreed. Is this the worst position to be in as Rob Manfred? Are you in a lose-lose situation? Outside of, outside of making millions upon millions of dollars, why would you ever want to be a commissioner? I never would want to. Because you essentially provide protection for the owners. Yeah. The owners should be the ones that are getting killed here. It shouldn't be. I mean, Rob Manfred deserves to because of what he said, and now he's coming back on it just short, you know, such a short time later. But he's the one that's he's protecting the owners. That's that's who they that is who to me is the ultimate villain in this in this fight because they agreed to something. Now they don't want to. Now they don't want to actually fulfill that. And you have the situation we have. You know what, Heilprin? I'm going to throw this out there on Zone Madison on Twitter. I'll put it on Facebook as well. Which commissioner? is worse how about that roger goodell or rob manfred what do you think about that one i think it's going to be in the landslide manfred man rob manfred right now roger goodell who literally gets booed every time he steps on the podium for the draft or anywhere he goes and he's not a good look when it comes to uh, you know social media people coming after him he's kind of what'd you say uh he's kind of made himself look a little better as of late oh for sure yeah yeah there's no doubt like he no one's going to reach the level level of Adam Silver at this point. Like the people love Adam Silver. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the players kind of. Yep. I don't know if like him as the, the but they have a good relationship with him because he supports them and he he's forward thinking. Yeah, Roger Goodell. I feel like is kind of more of a follower than he is a leader, and the NFL is certainly more of a follower than it is a leader when it comes to players' rights and that type of stuff. So yeah, no, I mean. Uh, Every commissioner gets booed, right? Almost, almost every commissioner gets yeah. booed. Uh, I've, I've never Gary, heard Adam Silver boo. Gary, yeah, I, there has to be a little bit of boo here and there. Yeah, but, but Batman, Batman does. Yep, and certainly, obviously, Manfred does, and Goodell we probably more so than anybody else. <laughs> but again, uh, no one looks worse at this point than, than Rob Manfred, and he is like Goodell does when something doesn't go right. He he's the shield. Oh yeah, literally for 
the uh, for the owners. And Goodell, I mean, you could talk about his tone deafness, obviously, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, and now of him basically saying, like, we apologize, we should have listened, you know, years ago about the message that Colin Kaepernick had when it comes to kneeling. But with him walking that back a little bit and saying that they're going to apologize, I think he's kind of come around a little bit, but then you'd see other people saying, well, it's too little too late. But then Rob Manfred's taking all the headlines here by guaranteeing baseball five days ago to now saying, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, be able to shuttle uh, Colin Kaepernick to uh, second, the second page of the sports section. Pretty impressive there uh, because uh, right? Roger Goodell last night said he encourages the team to sign Colin Kaepernick. That would be the lead story in many places, but right now it's baseball stupidity. It's crazy. If if this was, whew, what I'm twenty twenty has been so wild. I'm trying to think if this was <laughs> like half over yet. If this was like the end of twenty nineteen. Actually, it is. Is it half? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, six. No, no, no. We got we got another June? End, end of June. End of June. Man. Well, hopefully, Jesus. hopefully by the end of this week we'll all uh, be dead because of the impending apocalypse with the Mayan calendar red wrong allegedly. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. I won't mind if Small we Small miracles. So, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. In honor of my guy, Zach Heilpern over here, our sports director, I have a surprise for him. Is it a surprise guest? It's a it surprise. A surprise? It's a, I'm just saying it's a surprise. It's, it, a, it's a surprise guest, isn't it? I mean, it could be. I think I know who it is. I, I Through deductive reasoning, I think you'd be able to figure it out. There's only one person that I would actually want to talk to. And Well, besides me, who would that be? And I know it's not Nelson. It's not Nelson. I know that. <laughs> who do you think it is? So yeah, there's a hint. I just, I just said, who do you think it is? Yeah, I think you already know. You can say it if you know. I, I don't personally know. Well, but I feel like take you take a stab in the dark. Is it? It's one of my favorites, right? Could be potentially uh, a former player. It, it very well could be. Yeah, you know, P- potentially a former uh, host of a it, p- p- potentially pop- popular podcast. I'd say very popular, yeah, potentially. Yeah, okay. Do you know? Yeah. I mean, you could say it just so people know. It's everyone's fam- everyone's favorite fullback of all time. Do you want me to say it, or do you want to say it? <gasps> Hebrew Hammer. Matt Bernstein. Yeah. Nine o'clock. As soon as, I, you uh, said, as soon as you said it this morning, I'm like, ah, I know who that is. Oh, well, I figured you'd, you're a smart cookie. I know. You called me intelligent this morning. It's the only guy I would want to talk to. You called me intelligent, Zach, but I will admit, as an intelligent man that I am, yeah. you were more intelligent than I. Huge, huge, huge fan of Matt Bernstein. I don't see how you can't be. Potentially, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, favorite Badger of all time. Matt, yeah, he's up there for me. Matt Bernstein is the man. I did text him yesterday. I said, Bernie, dude. I said, Brother Bear, any chance you'd want to come on tomorrow, 9 o'clock? He says, yes, for sure. Might have to take it to the streets, though. Is that cool if I'm walking and talking? I said, for sure. And then I said, Zach is going to be guest hosting with me, so it'll be a nice surprise for him. And then Bernie says, fantastic. Did you know it was his birthday today? And I said, I did. I actually sang happy birthday to him in his office and he was not a fan of it. (laughs) And he said, LOL. Yeah, he wouldn't be. (laughs) So Bernie today at nine o'clock, we're going to talk to the Hebrew hammer. Very excited. Uh, Everyone loves Matt Bernstein, uh, a cult hero around here. I think a cult hero everywhere. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. We did, we did our, uh, uh, so I had Brady Ewing, another one of my favorite badgers on the the podcast last, uh, last month. And we did our favorite fullbacks of all time. Uh, he did some like random guys, but then I'm like, all right, so just UW guys. And he's like, uh, so I'm like, I'll do five through one. He goes, I already know who number one is. 
And I'm like, what? What do you mean? He goes, Bernstein's up there, isn't he? I'm like, has to be. Well, he may he may be in the top five. Yes. So yeah. And but Bernstein I, was your number one favorite. He, he was. Or did you placate to Brady I, and said Brady was your number one? I had, to, I had one. to apologize to Brady and say <laughs> number two. You'll have to do for number two. All <laughs> right. Funny. So I put him at number two. Who did he have as one? Did he have himself as one? Brady wouldn't do that. No, he's he's way too humble for that. Yeah. Uh, did he even have himself on the top? He five? didn't even do a top five. Like no, he definitely did not. He yeah, he's he, too humble. He, for that. he talked about Bernie. He talked about some of the guys that came before him. Uh, big fan of Bill Rentmeester because they were together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, he he's he's way too um, way too way too Brady's humble such for a something nice like guy. that. Yeah, yeah. Way too humble for something like that. Well, here, how about this list on Zone Madison and Facebook Zone Madison? We have uh, I posed the question, and this is a thinker. Us two smart cookies here. We're, it's kind of stumping us a little bit, but that's why we have the smartest listeners as well. Outside of Ron Dane, who is the most important player for Wisconsin football all time? I see Joe Thomas coming in. Uh, he made it cool and profitable to be an old lineman here at UW. Is Joe Thomas one of the most important or the most important Badger outside of Ron Dane? He's up there. He is. I, I, I've, I've decided. He's I'm, up there. I've decided I'm going with Pat Rector because I don't. We yes, it's not talking about coaches or ads or anything like that. But he was a great Badger, and then he also became a very good AD. Well, we were talking about. You know, best players of all time, not most important, but best players of all time months ago when the lockdown first happened here. And at 7 o'clock, the phone rang, 608-321-1670. And it was one of my personal favorites that I have on the show here and a really cool guy, really down to earth, incredible dude. We've been to concerts together. He loves to rock out with me. Barry Richter. Yeah. And Barry called in, and Barry said, boys. Because, you know, he's a hockey guy, so he always got to throw on the boys. Boys. Yeah. You got to have my dad on there, Pat Richter. So Barry called in and said, hey, give me a second. I'm going to get Pat on the phone. So he got Pat Richter on the show for us. So it was me, Nellie, Pat, and Barry Richter. And Pat was talking about, and much like Brady Ewing, who's you know just such a nice guy, selfless, doesn't ever talk about himself. Pat was like, it wasn't me. You know, it's, I give credit to everyone else, yada, yada, yada. But Pat Richter, we tabbed him the face that built the place. It's up there. Man. As a player – I know we were alive for it, but as a player. Yeah, nine-time nine letter winner, as uh, RJ pointed out earlier, would have been a 12-time if they actually allowed freshmen to play yep. uh, back then. Fantastic player, played, you know, went on and played in the NFL, um, and then came back, was a fantastic businessman, and yep. turned, then turned Wisconsin's uh, athletic department around. And now he's got a court named after him at Madison East as well. He does. Yeah. Great. One of the best. Well, he may be the best. I, I would say he is the best athlete ever at, uh, from a Madison West, from Madison East. And just sure. think about Pat Perhaps Richter. all Madison high schools. How just phenomenal he was at football and then going on to you know be a professional. They didn't start lifting weights until his final year in professional football. Yeah. They didn't lift weights. Yeah, it's just how you a farm kid. How good are you? All right, let's go. Right. Yeah. No, there was there there was farm strength. That's what essentially what it was. Yeah. Pat there, Richter, incredible guy. We've had him on uh, pregame shows before. I had him on the show here before. He's such a humble, nice guy, and so is his uh, son Barry. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome on into the show. Who do I got? Thomas. Thomas, what's up, man? Yeah, I just want to tell you that Leo Chanel is the beast. He is. He is a beast. Yeah, I know. He did, uh, he did 225 40 times. I know. I saw that video. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What the heck? Yeah, and he did, th- he did 315 pounds 18 times. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that he, crazy, he's dude? a beast. That's the, the Chanel Brothers beast, man. I know. Well, I, Thomas, aren't you a big Joel Stave fan? Yeah. 
Is Joel Stave the most, imp- not the best, but the most important Badger? Yes. He's definitely better than Ron Dane. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Without a doubt. No, all-time winningest quarterback, Thomas. Yeah, so, all-time winningest quarterback. Let's go. You can never take it away. Thomas, I appreciate your time, brother. Yep. Take care. Thank you, Ebo. No problem, bro. Good stuff there from Thomas. Nowhere close. It's uh, it's Joel Stave by a landslide. By a landslide. All-time. You can never take you all-time winningest away you from can't, him. You can't. No one's won more games than him. Do you think Joel Stave... Nelson's listening. He just texted us. Do you think Joel Stave, <laughs> and he's, the text he sent us, he's not wrong. Do you think Joel Stave is truly one of the most important Badgers when it comes to programs and bringing in you know recruits and everything he's done? Ron Dane? Mm, Joel Stave. Joel Stave. Because people like to knock on him a lot. The importance, the importance of winning is huge. You... I, mean, I know, I know, Q, I know. QB wins are it's not supposed to be something, but you know, he's got more than anybody else. Look, was was Joel St- is Joel, is Joel Stavey the most important Badger of all time? No, no, probably not. But he's the all time winningest. But he is the all time winningest. You'd never take and that you, away. He cannot take that one away. And I just kind of and the, and it would have been amazing if Alex Hornerberg had topped him because it would have been like the two most oh maligned quarterbacks in Wisconsin history. Owning, you, owning that record. Could you imagine the, I'm, the I'm gl- ammo that I'm, I would have to piss people off online? I'll be honest. I'm glad. I'm glad that that didn't happen because it's a lot easier to, um, <laughs> it's a lot easier to talk about Joel Stave because he was seemingly a, a really good guy. He's just a great guy. And we had him on like, the Easter Seal Celebrity ha- Basketball. Hating game. He's him, a great guy. Hating him just to hate him. It. it it's a, I think it's a lot. It would be, it's a lot easier for fans to um, just based on the way that he talked to to be okay with him as opposed to perhaps Alex Hornibrook. Like I think it, Joel Stave is an easier like by far. Joel Stave is a such a cool, nice, down to earth guy. Um, when we were there for the Easter Seals celebrity basketball game, I mean Joe Thomas was there. Uh, you know, you had Joel Stave, you had Travis Beckham, you had Andy Crooks was putting it on, Zach Morley putting it on. You had all kinds of the amount of class that comes through the University of Wisconsin is just it's insane of this how nice and great these individuals are and the fact that they come here to be a part of it and come back. Like Joe Thomas came back to, you know, do something for Easter Seals here, which nice. is incredible. Like yeah, I mean yeah, he's living in the area now. But. Yeah, but the community like at the time I think he was busy as like he started his podcast and he was doing I yeah. think he had just retired and yada yada yada. So yeah, I think he had the was that the year they had the Hall of Fame no, uh, no, no, he's gonna wait. Um, he's gonna wait five years. Yeah, God, he was doing something. But the amount of class that comes through and Joel Stavey being one of them, they're just phenomenal guys. Uh, speaking of class, a guy that's coaching right now for UW. When it comes to on the field, though, most important player, what would you say about Jimmy Leonard? All time, all time, because we get we're getting a lot of Jim Leonard's in here for uh, on Twitter. Not the first great walk on, but perhaps the best. Ended up being the best walk on. I I know people want to throw JJ Watt in there, and he I guess you can, but I I feel like walking away from a scholarship like he did it at uh, Central Michigan. I mean I I get I mean I get he's listed as walk on, but I would say I would say Jim Leonard is the greatest walk on in Wisconsin history, and what he's gone on to do because it's not it, would would it just be because of his career? I mean he was a three time All American. There's no doubt that's great, but the, what what he was able to do in the NFL and then come back and be what he has been as a coach. Yeah, I mean, you could throw him in there as well. Uh, coach player Lance tweets, and he says, it's Jim Leonard, not only, like you were just talking about walk-ons, not only has he given hope to all walk-ons coming into the program, but that he made it 
at the next level speaks volumes to these young kids. That's a good point. I mean, when we talk about most important in the history for Wisconsin outside of Ron Dane, do you kind of got to throw that career in the NFL for Jim Leonard? Because what's, I mean, our guy, Jake Kokorowski, and um, was it, uh, I forget who co-wrote the book with Joel him. Nellis. Yeah, Joel Nellis, Walk On This Way. Look how successful Wisconsin has been with walk-ons. Jim yeah. Leonard, I mean, like you said, he's not the first to do it, but. No, he's not. Look at the career in the NFL. Look at the career in the NFL. I mean, does does Joe Schobert end up being better than that, though? I mean, Joe Schobert. That's a good question. Is gonna, I mean, and he's in his fifth year. He's going in his fifth yep. year. Just got a huge contract. Was was a fantastic player at Wisconsin. Should have came to Packers. Was a fantastic player for Wisconsin. Then has gone on and had a really successful NFL career so far. You know, the walk on. Throw J.J. Watt in there. Yeah. Is, is, if he's a walk on. Again, I. I suppose we should probably. It's, if, you can't, if you, you can't discount wanna, the career in the NFL, though, but. I would kind of want to stick to Wisconsin. We didn't exactly. uh, I just want to stick to Wisconsin. We didn't exactly think this out before asking the question. That's. I mean, we didn't. We didn't put the. We didn't put it down. No, there's just many. It's like a. It's like a big old onion, Zach. Yeah, there's many layers, and we're just peeling peeling right now. We're peeling. When we welcome in Matt Bernstein for some real fun, like I'm talking fun, fun. Bernie, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Zach. Happy birthday. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, when he uh, said this morning he's got a special guest for me, or no, he had a, a, A a surprise for me. I immediately thought we we're getting Matt Bernstein on the show because that is the only <laughs> surprise that I could think of that would, that would make, make me smile. as happy as I as I was when I figured that out. Well, Big, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, Bernie, you're a Miss cool you. dude, man. How's New York? Uh, it's good, I guess. Not much. I mean, well, a lot's going on, but it's been quiet the last few days. So, all right. So we just moved into phase two here in Madison. So it's 50% capacity. I actually went out to a favorite bar of mine, Brothers Three, last night. And it was, felt so nice to saddle up to a bar. I had, a, I call it a poor man's brandy old fashioned. It's where you just have brandy, a splash of bitters, uh, a Sprite, and then some olives I put in there. So it just felt good to have a burger there with that. What's New York like when it comes to, you know, getting back to whatever normal is now? Uh, I, you know what? I have no idea. I think they're just, I think we're patiently waiting to see what happens with a lot of other states, like you guys who are opening up and then your cases are going through the roof. No, 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 no not no, here. No. We're going down in like Texas and uh, what, Florida, Arizona. There's, there's a lot of states that are going skyrocketing up Wisconsin, thankfully to this point, not one of them, but I expect, I would expect probably an increase for sure after, you know, these, as the weeks get closer away from the protests and that type of thing. Right, and the same with us. We've had protests with hundreds, you know, thousands upon thousands of people. I'm assuming that there has to be some people will get sick from that. So, are you walking down the street right now? I'm just standing in front of my building because uh, my wife has a Zoom call that she's leading. <laughs> so, is anyone even out on the streets in New York? There's a few people. They're doing some construction, I think, across the street. Construction can go back, so you know, people are just like you can scaffolds like they usually do. Can you go to a restaurant? Or can you, you can just do carry-out? You can carry out, and now they're allowing you to sit outside. I don't know if this is they're like allowing you to do this, but they just set up outdoor seating. So people <laughs> getting food and sitting outside. And the bars, everything here is like a – it looks like Bourbon Street everywhere because you can just get a, a drink anywhere. Like there's no tourism, right? So no tourists are here. So everyone can drink on the street. Sweet. It's great. That's like the positive. Yeah. So have you found your a new Chinese place yet? Because I know that – we, when we My last place opened back up. It, okay, it opened he back up. He said, he, didn't he say he was not going to open back up? I thought he was done forever. Yeah. Like, once I saw that on Seamless, 
I was like, let me spend forty five dollars. <laughs> did he did he hunt you out specifically? He's like, this man single handedly keeps me in business. I gotta tell Matt Bernstein that I'm back. <laughs> I love it because you call up. He's like, you want the same order? I'm like, yeah. yeah he knows, I hope we're a funny hat. Yeah, knows the voice. Yeah. So what's your yeah. order? Uh, well, I mean, forty dollars worth of Chinese food. What's your go to like there? Six meals. Uh, I go, I, I, dude, it's so much. I go uh, <laughs> the ribs. I do. Um, steamed dumplings, Ooh. I do crab rangoon, I do hot and sour soup, I always get an egg roll, and then I always get the General Chow's meal with white rice. Oh, dude, spicy. have to. General Chow's chicken, extra spicy, white rice. That's the way yeah. to do it. And if I really, really, really want to get fatter, I'll throw in, like, um, chicken wings. And with ribs? <laughs> with the ribs, yeah. <laughs> dude, I got to eat with you sometime, man. When New York opens yeah. back up, I'm coming, and I want to go to this joint because it sounds awesome. All right, I've Bernie. never actually been oh, there. Yeah? Oh, you just take carry out? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't even. I have them delivered. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Matt Bernstein joining us right now. So, Bernie, yesterday, uh, Zach and the media got to talk to uh, Ross Kalaji. That's, did I get it? You did. Good job. Thank you. Uh, the strength and conditioning head coach, and they were talking about when it comes to being in the weight room, that there's going to be no physical touching component. There's no high five. There's no hugs after like a personal record of a guy, you know, putting up a big squat or a big bench. When you were working out, you know, with your days playing with the Badgers, did you feed off that environment in the locker room of guys like patting you on the back, giving you high fives, being like, you got this, Bernie? Uh, that's a good question. You know, if there's some things I forgot, it might be that. I, more of it was like, I don't know, you slap somebody on the tushy. Yeah. That, I don't know if you could do that anymore. You can't. With tushy? I, maybe some knuckle touches. Like, that was it. Like, we were, I don't know. There's some high fives when you got really fired up, but how many people are getting fired up with weightlifting? Well, I take it that you weren't a guy that got too fired up then when you were lifting uh, some weights then, eh? You wish. When we're maxing out, yeah, you're going crazy. But, yeah, like, yeah. Just for a regular lift. Hey, good job. You hit 315 on the bench. Like, <laughs> Get it, get it higher. Yeah. So Come do you, on. Okay, so, all right. So, so uh, John uh, Leo Chanel, who's 19 years old, posted a video of him doing two uh, 225 40 times. He's the uh, the linebacker. Yeah, and then and Ross said that he actually had a more impressive video that he thought him doing 315 pounds 18 times. Is that impressive or no? Yes. Okay. It's disgustingly Cause, impressive. Because you were like, yeah, 315. Get out, get get it higher. You're t- but you're talking, you're, that 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 you're talking max, right? Like this. That's this, more than I could. Uh, this that's is more than I could have done. What'd you max out at? Oh, three fifteen. I would <laughs> say maybe ten times. Yeah, maybe if I was lucky, and I took like a pre-workout drink, and it was like the perfect hour of the day. I don't, dude. That's I'm. That's serious. Insane. Impressive. Yeah. No, it's 18? insane. Eighteen. Eighteen. He could do like a thousand push-ups without stopping. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, he could. So but those guys are strong, though. That dude is strong. Who's the strongest guy you played with? Uh, ooh, probably Jake Sprague. Yeah, yeah, the defensive end. He was a he was a monster in the weight room. So, like, did you guys? I mean, like, what's what are we talking monster? Like, what is he just like throwing around? Like, what? Like, he always went last because he was doing the most weight out of anyone in the, I would say, out of total. And these are more of, like, the Olympic lifts. You know, you had some people who were super strong, like, doing squats because they might have been shorter. You know, like, uh, Joe Thomas is not going to out-squat Chris Presley. Right. Right, because Presley was small, but he was also um, – actually, Presley might have been the strongest person 
I've ever been around. That dude was scary. He's he's still got records there, probably. No, seriously, they broke them all. Yeah, he broke all the squat records for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. I'm talking about like he's a scary dude when he was in the weight room because there was no weight. Like you ever see Unbreakable? Yes. Oh, dude, what a movie! Throwing another paint can. He's he's Bruce Willis. He's Bruce Willis. Who was who was Mr. Glass? Uh, all the linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out, man! Chris Presley, just a freak of nature, then, right? Um, he was he, once he figured it out. Like he came in as a halfback, and once he figured out how to block, like that dude was unstoppable. What was like a fullback workout for you, uh, Bernie? What was it? Yeah, like what did the what, did the fullbacks have to do anything special or different? Yeah, we went to Mickey's and had a scrambler, and then immediately went to Wando's and got a burger. <laughs> I should have known that was the workout plan, the regimen for you guys, you fullbacks. No, you uncle. know, because it, it, so, we would work out with the tailbacks, so the weightlifting was the same. The skill, like, we would always run with the skill set, with the skill people, which I hated because the times for skill was so much quicker. And Greg Root and I were, you know, 270 pounds. Like, I'm not hitting that same speed as – you know, some of these other dudes. And then um, the workout that was the hardest was doing, like, stations because it would be, you know, remember Herbs, who now works in Michigan? Yeah. Uh, so ben he Herbert. would get on the sled, and we'd have to push it. And usually there would be three, like, halfbacks pushing. Yeah. Imagine, like, Dwayne, A.D., and Booker, who are all strong dudes, pushing this thing so easily. And then it would just be me and Greg pushing with Herbs on it. And it would be like, at halfway through, it would just stop. And then I would always be like, Herbs, get off of this thing right now. <laughs> like, get the hell off. Because, <laughs> you know, I played with Herbs, so I didn't feel that bad. If it was J.D., I would have never said the word. But... Right. Herbs, get the hell off of this thing. All right, so I, I, I use more colorful language because you know, you're exhausted. Running. Bernie, I'm going to say this past these past couple weeks here on the airwaves, my dump button has been on fire because people. I don't think people really just care anymore. So a lot of s words coming through, a lot of f words. I've been this dump button is smoking. It still works though. So if you Which drop I'm, a choice I'm, word, I'll jump. I'll dump it for you. I've been pretty solid though, right? I think I've only yeah, you've been great. Slip a few weeks ago, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't Bernie. My new motto is don't matter no more. Don't matter no more. If, it's like that one time when I was teaching. It was like, uh oh, I just did it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, oh. You like no. try to push through it as fast as possible. There is no, what did you say, duff button? <laughs> yeah, there's no duff button just, in the classroom. You just run through it like nobody heard it. You just got to have the men in black come in with their little mind eraser. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, kids. All right. Um, wait, did I say that? Snack time, everybody. Yeah, snack time. Look at this light. Uh, Matt Bernstein <laughs> joining us right now of Wisconsin Fullback. Bernie, we were talking a little bit um, about. Not best all-time, but most important football player of all time in Wisconsin history. Um, so I don't want to put you on the spot, so maybe if you want to think about it for a little bit, but as you maybe can multitask, think about that, and then explain to me what it was like for the Hebrew Hammer, Matt Bernstein, coming in for voluntary, wink-wink, workouts, which just started for <laughs> UW. What was your belief and thoughts on voluntary workouts? Well, my thoughts and beliefs that they were voluntary, it, it, it actually becomes comical after a while because <laughs> I, I tell this story, but I go, J.D., you, you're telling me I don't have to be here. Why do I have to be here? And he's like, yeah, you also don't have to play. <laughs> I was like, well, what's the point? So you have to be there. I actually really love the summers. For me, it was great. I would, uh, I'd work out at 6 a.m. in the morning and go directly to work at the stadium, which I was there already, painting and scraping gum and doing kind of like whatever maintenance work they needed. And it was to me, that was, like, one of my favorite things. I would say you, you went back to, like, one of the most important guys to play. 
I, you know, it's hard. Like Ron Dane put Wisconsin on the map. Oh, uh, did I say? Did I say outside of Ron Dane? I meant to say outside of Ron Dane. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So I would say Brooks Bollinger. He like, you know, he's like the glue from all those Rose Bowls into, you know, like he was there. What his last year was two thousand two. Yep. I don't know. I, I feel like you know you have a guy that didn't look like he was super special, but was. He worked hard. He was like a leader on and off the field. Like he took guys under their wing. Like I was nobody, and I hung out with Brooks Bollinger. <laughs> you know, like when I showed up, I was like, oh, I was just this little dork. And then uh, you know, Bernie, I you Brooks weren't little, day. dude. I seen, I saw your high school huddle video. You were not little. He's not. He's okay. not. He's not asking you to clarify the dork part, though. Yeah. Yeah. We know you're dorky. I've seen you wearing those nut huggers playing celebrity basketball. But I, uh. <laughs> but my man, my man was not little. I saw you trucking dudes in that high school video of just laying the wood on guys and making them regret ever signing up for football. Not little. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, listen, if uh, if you ask Mark Zalewski, he'll make fun of that video. He's like, dude, you you ran your best was like a four eight forty, and look at you outrun all these guys. So <laughs> I think I was faster in high school. The best was the that video, Bernie, is when you were a quarterback and you were unleashing some bombs, and then the end of the video, it was you and like six honeys on your arm, and it said like <laughs> Matt Bernstein, uh, yeah, come get me. <laughs> Believe me, playing football was not cool in my high school. <laughs> not do anything for you. Aren't you in the Hall of Fame for your uh, high school? Uh, yes. And was that – are you in the Jewish Hall of Fame too in New York? Yep. And the Westchester Hall of Fame. Which Hall of Fame that you're a part of is you're the one that you are most proud of? Uh, I mean, I would the Westchester one has more of um, – it's like larger, but the Jewish one is so cool to me. I mean, I just, I just think that's special. I, I think it's really small and it's not anything like nobody really knows about it, but still, it, I think it's – I think it's this – it's nice that I'm there. I think my parents are super proud of that and my family. So I would have to go with that one. But I, uh, John Starks came to the Westchester one, so I was pretty pumped about that one. Well, he's the guy that never won a title with the Knicks, right? Well, yeah, because well, <laughs> a lot of people never won a title with the Knicks. <laughs> the, the Knicks are still an organization right now? Man. Uh, who knows? It, it's the Knicks, the Jets. I, I don't think I've seen a lot of championships. The Mets. Bernie, I saw this crazy stat the other day that the New York Jets actually beat the Packers in average attendance last year. In average attendance? That, that's I, I don't know if it was like an Onion article or it was a fake, but I remember I saw <laughs> the Nelson's, Nelson, my little guy Nelson, said it to me too. And you went to a couple Jets games, didn't you? Yeah, I went to the first one when they lost, and that was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> was there anyone there? The place was packed. They were supposed to win. It was Buffalo. They were up by like seventeen points. Oh, that's before then, the uh, the shine wore off, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got sunburned, and I was like, you know what? And you have to take the train out there, which is great because you could drink on the trains, so it's actually nice. But when you're sunburned, tired, it's like coming back is just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Matt Bernstein joining us. Yeah, so, Vic? Uh, one clarification on that: the Jets overall beat the Packers. Oh, that's what it was overall okay. at home, though. Packers were much were higher than them. The Jets, okay, overall yeah, yeah, the Jets, the Jets at home uh, were uh, not in the top ten. Uh, <laughs> and actually, and, and actually, yes, they were. Uh, they finished thirty first in in uh, average road attendance. Bernie, let me well, ask what? you, man, on the NFL. Then, could you imagine watching your Jets without anyone in the stands, or just watching a football game in general without anyone in the stands? I mean, right now, I would do anything to watch any football game at all. 
on TV. Even uh, watch I, uh, even watch a different kind of football, soccer. No, 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 no. I'm not getting into that. I, I don't. There's not enough COVID to go around for me to get into soccer. I only get into soccer when it's what the World Cup and you could drink on the street. Like that's fun for me. Well, you can still drink on the street when the MLS you know tournament's going on. I, I feel like we're we're seeing a pattern here. Things that you can do, things where you can drink on the street, Bernie. are very high in your list of things you want to do. Bernie, it's, I have it. If you're, if you're not playing sports, what else are you doing during sports? I yeah. have it, Bernie. MLS is going to be back. They're going to have a tournament in Orlando. How about this? There is a team. I think there's two teams in New York, maybe three. The New York Red Bull, there's two. Maybe, whatever. Whatever team there is. <laughs> you pick one, watch the tournament, and every time someone flops or dives, you take a drink. Oh, I, can't, I mean, I guess I could do that. I, that means you still have to watch the game. Listen, it's, it's, the, it's people win one to nothing. I'll watch the whole game. I actually won't watch the game. Just show them, tell me when there's a kickoff at the end. A kickoff at the like end? Like a penalty like kick? Penalty kicks, or or the uh, the the end of the game when they're tied. So I, I take it you're that. never a big soccer guy, then, eh? I played soccer up until sixth grade. Yeah, that's everyone's always uh, answer. It's not a big soccer guy. You did it probably what for like the high C and the orange slices. I think I think football and soccer are in different seasons, so you could do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Bernstein joining us right now. All right, Bernie, before I let you go, man, um, just you know, how's life in general? How's uh, how's married life treating you? I know you guys never. Did you get a honeymoon in? No, so hopefully September. What are you going to do? Oh, Can you like specify uh, the means? Hopefully go to Greece. Oh, dude, that's cool. Plan. Yeah, it's the plan. We'll see. And married life's treating you well then? It's treating me well. It's treating me well. We have, uh, obviously, have to plan our meetings accordingly because. Because you got like, out, kicked out of the street right now. I've got, I get kicked out on the street. <laughs> uh, where I do a lot of my phone calls because I get in trouble for talking too loud inside. Bernie, I think this is the greatest test of a marriage for you. Newlyweds, you really can't go anywhere anymore. And since you're living in New York, I got to imagine your apartment's not the biggest. No. It, <laughs> this it is a good test there. to see how long, you know, like how much you guys love each other. I love it. Yeah. Yesterday I watched it. I was watching some TV during work hours, and uh, she's like, "Oh, it looks like you're working real hard today." <laughs> I'm like, "Why are you yelling at me? What are you yelling at me? <laughs> what are you, my boss?" Because you got a lot of work doesn't mean I got to be doing It's like you should have been like Bernie, or you should have been Ali. I see you yelling at me. Uh, you're not working. Looks like you got a yeah, lot of work today. Doing? What are you doing while yelling? Yeah. Yeah. Come hey, on. Bernie, always <laughs> a pleasure to talk with you, man. I'm glad we could get you on. I love uh, catching up with you, dude. I love you guys. Zach, did you do anything fun for your birthday? No. Stayed in. Watched uh, I've watched Game of Thrones again. Jesus. You and Game of Thrones. It wasn't for me this time, though. Oh, you're going through it with a... Uh, yeah, the girlfriend. I So I she wanted to watch it, so we watched it. Because I'll watch, I'll watch Game of Thrones any day, any time. Like, that's just my thing. But, no, I, we went camping this weekend, so that was kind of more of the, no. the glamping, excuse me. Gl- glamping. Went glamping this this past weekend. That sounds great. Do you have a fire pit? There was a fire pit. I thought you were going to ask, what are you drinking? No. Wow. There, was, there was drinking and more going on uh, as at, at, the, uh, Interesting. at the campfire. So, there you go, so it was a really good weekend. And more. Yeah, really good oh. weekend, man. Whoa. Interested to know what this and more is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very intrigued. We'll, t- we'll, t- we'll talk about it the next time we talk. Yeah, thanks, Bernie. Appreciate your time, I, brother. I, I can't cut. Right, the, I can't cut these things out like I could with the podcast. Like I can't cut. Yeah, this, I, is I, this, this is. I can't cut the stuff out. <laughs> you guys are the best, man. Have a great. Day. You are. Tell, you I, tell Ali we said hi as well. I will. See I you, will. Bernie. See you, buddy. Later. So, asking the question, it's not best. It is not best.
it is outside of Ron Dane, who is the most important player for Wisconsin football of all time. And we just got uh, old Peterson one, Big Eddie. What a big Ed. He says, it's Jonathan Taylor. I went through the whole all-time Badger roster, and it was easy. Jonathan Taylor. Why was Jonathan Taylor important? Best physical running back? What made him more important than Melvin Gordon? What made him more important than Brent Moss? Like, Go on down the list. Great player. Mm -hmm. First player ever in Wisconsin history to finish in the top ten of the Heisman voting all three years or in three different years. And own some toppers. Owner of toppers. Um, <laughs> well, uh, didn't he have for, the best statistical three-year season, yeah, seasons for, ever? Yeah, ran for over 6,000 yards. But what did he do for Wisconsin that hadn't already been established by guys that came before him? We all knew that Wisconsin running backs were great before he came along. We mm-hmm. all knew how special he was. Um, we all knew how special they were as a, as a running team. Yeah, He was fantastic. He may have been physically – physically, he may be the best running back all time at Wisconsin. And the fact that he never got any love for the Heisman really is kind of yeah. I think he finished very sad. I think the fi- highest he finished was six, fifth, fifth or sixth. And what was that? Was yeah. it two years ago? Yeah. Whatever it was, he never got the credit he should have because he beat he he blew out numbers that other running backs had that won the Heisman. Yeah. So still, but the only guy. But that to I- your point, like what has he done that we've known differently when it comes to Wisconsin running backs? He's he he just carried the torch, right? Right. That's I mean that, that's not a knock on him. He just carried the torch. Well, here's the thing: he he wanted to take it to he wanted to fit, and this is what he always said from the first time he showed up at campus was to know you know respect what came before him and take it to an, a new level. And he, I, I think you could honestly say he probably did. I mean, no one's done it better for than him in three years at Wisconsin or anywhere else. So he yeah. took it to a new level. It's just does that make him the most important player of all time? I, that's it's, tough. You, for me you to took do. it to a new level, but. The level they got to was what the highest was a Rose Bowl, which they unfortunately lost still, uh, Oregon. Yes, I mean, but they they won the Orange Bowl, they won the Pinstripe Bowl, true, and he ran for over two thousand yards every year. I mean, I don't, you know, he was fantastic. It's just I don't know if necessarily what he did puts him on another level. Now, if he goes and tears it up in the NFL and becomes one of the best running backs in the league, like Melvin was, you know, prior to last year, mm-hmm. maybe, but like. I just don't know what he's going to be able to do that Melvin hasn't already done. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so I've been saving it, wanted to talk about it, and it's come up a couple times here uh, on Twitter when people are tweeting in at Zone Madison to say they're you know all-time important player for Wisconsin. Your thoughts on Russell Wilson, his one year? Vital. It was incredible. It was. It also it, it was a uh, double-edged sword because – how great he was that year, 33 touchdowns, four interceptions, over 3,000 yards passing, set every single record you could possibly hope for, and somehow they still won, uh, lost their games. But it also <laughs> – Those it all, games, how they lost those games is just it boggles the mind. Hail Mary, long pass, shootout in the Rose Bowl against Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. Make make two plays on defense. And was that the one where Mike Taylor tried to grab the guy? And Michigan pull him State. back, yeah, that, yeah, Mike Taylor. He told, and he talked about that actually on our Man. on our Wisconsin football roundtable this past year. Him yeah. trying to pull the guy back, and I don't know. He still thinks that he didn't make it Did in. Did he get money out of that? Because they used it as a highlight. Yeah, he got money from BW threes. Uh, Buffalo uh, Wildlings. Buffalo Wildlings. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, but Russell Wilson. What? No, screw that. It's BW threes. Why is it BW three? I never knew that. I never. I never. That's what it's called. 
I know, but I never investigated why Buffalo Wild you, you, BW3. Yeah. What's the three? Buffalo Wild Wings. But, so it's just three. BW3s. BWW? Yeah. Buffalo, that's the three? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. I have no idea. It's All I just know is I want some wings. It's irrelevant. I call it BW3s. We'll, we'll some call them BW3s, whatever. Some, some call it Buffalo Wild Wings. Either way, yeah, he got money off of, uh, because they still use it as a highlight. And uh, so he gets money every time, he gets a, a residual check every time they use it. So, but yes. Yeah, but back to Russell Wilson then. I would say, I would say Russell, because it's another guy that's gone on to the NFL and played up his time at Wisconsin. J.J. Watt does it at every opportunity, you know, possible. Russell Wilson does it too. You know, I mean, obviously people would like him to say uh, Russell Wilson, Wisconsin, as opposed to Russell Wilson, a whole pack of Badgers when uh, he gets introduced on Sunday Night Football. But, when he, on Twitter and everything like that, and his support for the university, even though he spent less than six months here, is is off the charts. It is. Uh, he was great for. I mean, Russell Wilson, when it comes to all time importance, definitely turned a lot of eyes on the Wisconsin football program. It did. They had like they had their own special ESPN thing where they would. Uh, it was called. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was they. There was like a, a program that came in and they followed Russell Wilson around for a week when he was at Wisconsin. Yeah. His importance for Wisconsin is is huge in such a very minute short amount of time. Yes, it is, and it's also the 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 fact that um, because of how good he was, I think he set the standards for potentially everybody to come before him or come after him and set him way too high. And now everyone wants the guy to be, to be Russell Wilson, guy. when in reality, the likes of you know Scott Tolzien and and Jack Cohn and uh, and Joel Stavi kind of is what Wisconsin quarterbacks had been before that. All right, if, if Russell Wilson doesn't come to Wisconsin, does he get the opportunity to marry and snag Sierra? Probably. I'm going to say if he doesn't come to Wisconsin, she ain't she ain't ever getting with Russ. Did you see her she in like have, Wisconsin? She does, yeah, I saw that. In yeah, Wisconsin yeah. here? Oh, my heart. My God. Do you know who the quarterback would have been in 2011 had they not gotten Russell Wilson? Ooh. It would not have been pretty. Ooh. Joe Brennan. Oof. No offense to Joe Brennan, but oof. You don't even know who Joe Brennan is. Oof. All I know is he's an oofer. Yeah. And see, Speaking of oofers, Sierra. Oof. Well, that's a different kind of oof. <laughs> All right, 608-321-1670. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, you got your Maytag man hey, again. I, I hate calling in a second no, time. No, feel free. Charlie does it all the time. Scott does it. Go, <laughs> go for it. So, BW3 stands for Buffalo Wild Wings and WEC. And what? Oh, oh, sorry. Say that again. Okay. And what? Weck is a, a style of bun that they use. They had all the funny seeds on the top. If you no remember idea. that. No, I don't. Yeah. Idea. So way back when, when they when they first started getting uh, national attention, uh, they had a Weck bun uh, that all their sandwiches came on, and people hated it. I had no idea. The more he knows that, but it, thank but, you. But it stuck, and it it everyone. That I, I know I says BW, BW3s. Yep. I never yeah, knew because, what BW3 because, meant, so I just didn't say it. If I don't know something, yeah. So it is it is BW3, but they dropped the the third W because people hated the WEC bun. Huh? The more you know. Thanks, Zach. Yep. Hey, no problem, guys. See you, buddy. See you. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's see who this is. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Charlie. <laughs> of course it is. I should have known. <laughs> Speak of the devil, <laughs> I, and he shall appear. I just had a 1998 flashback of our quarterbacks, not only Don Mikowski, but Anthony Dillick. He's oh, you t- out. You doing? You going Packers on us now, Charlie? Yeah, he. I. I. 
I'm sorry, what was that? I said, you're going Packers on us now? You look green yeah. and gold? Yeah. Go Pack uh, Go? 1990 Packers. Charlie, who's your favorite Badger quarterback of all time? Oh, boy. That's hard. Why do you put me on a spot like that? I Darryl mean, Bev- you got to have Darryl- your head on the swivel, dude. Take a Darryl- sip of that ice house and think about it. Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel? I yeah, he, that's a good one. Scroll ball. That is a good and, one. And um, and uh, Ron Dane, of course. Ron Dane. Love, loved him at quarterback. Threw a hell of a ball. He he came to my checkout line at Woodman's, and it's like he, he's always on his phone and said, "You get to really say hi to him." Now, <laughs> now, Charlie, before I before I let you go here and hit the break, yeah, Zach has not been on the show with me before. So oh, yeah, Zach has that. no idea about all of your adventures. I write down oh. every time. I write down one every time you have a, a new one for me. <laughs> and new, a new one making the list is going to be you You bagged Ron Dane's groceries? Uh, no, I checked them out. I oh, you checked them out. Cash, okay. Cashiering. Check, um, so I'm adding it to the list, Charlie. Yeah. Checked out yeah. Ron Dane and not check out like, <laughs> I'm talking like you checked him out <laughs> well, with his groceries. <laughs> I'd rather do that, of course. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Charlie, um, just to reiterate here for Zach, who's never experienced you before, you've, uh, had, a, you've had a beer with the Fonz. Yep. You cooked for Obama at the Grand Canyon in 2009. Yep. You had a beer with George Brett. Yep. You cooked for Barry Alvarez. Yep. You were on The Price is Right twice. Yep. You, I'm going to go back next year if they have it. Yep. I don't think they're going to have The Price Right. Yep. They're all you, repeats right now. Let me go. You bought a beer for Ted Turner. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the bar. You, yep. somebody. you had a beer with Brett Favre. Yep. Nelson Burton Jr. shook your hand. Yep. You Star Trek Four. Yep. Star Trek Four was filmed on your Navy ship, the USS Ranger, and you got to uh, meet them. Yep, I got my pictures of the horror demon checkups. Still, you survived two typhoons while serving in our Navy. Yeah. You were on the Jim Rome show. Yeah. How did I do that? I don't I know. About Miller Park. I, that's why. You yeah. got on the Jim Rome show. Yeah, and now adding it to the list, you uh-huh. checked out Ron Dane at Woodman's. Mm-hmm. You are a legend, Charlie. That's, that's a hell of a list. I'm very fortunate and incredibly lucky. You're and, blessed. Uh, and, you live a charmed. Uh, you live a charmed life, Charlie. Uh, how come I'm not on a pro board, sir? Which I plan to make in five more years when I'm sixty. Well, Charlie, here's the thing: once you're sixty, yep. we'll add it to the list. Down the middle, oh, Johnson 60. makes the Pro Bowl circuit. Yeah, I'd rather play both. Pro bowlers to her than being a pro golfer because I burn easily. Uh, same, same like, Charlie. Uh, I need SPF 1000. And you're closer to the beer. <laughs> yep, that's true. Well, Charlie, well, I'm glad I could add that to the list of your adventures. It just hey, grows and grows. Yeah, and got right what's, here. Your, what's the new guy's name, Zach? Yep. Hey, Zach, I'm glad you're uh, filling in. I'm sure you're doing a good job for Nelly. And um, um, he'll get through it. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Nelson, Thank you. Nelson goes under the knife in an hour, Charlie. Uh, oh yeah, I was thinking about that. Ten thirty. Uh, you told F. Mary. We appreciate. We in. appreciate that prayer you had for him too earlier. You betcha. I hope I did good. You did, and, you did great, uh, Charlie. You always do great. I I try to be professional about it. You very y'all professional. Take, y'all take care. Have a great uh, Super Tuesday, and he'll get through it. Yep. Thanks, Charlie. You have a good day, <laughs> I brother. A, I have an ice house for him. Make, too bad they don't have beers at hospitals. <laughs> I, I know they should, shouldn't they? Thanks, Charlie. We'll talk to you later, buddy. That later. See you, see you, Kevin Kirkhouse. So there you go. You got to experience another adventure from Charlie. That is a hell of a list. Just checking in on our Twitter poll real quick before this show's over here. Pretty easy one. Very easy. <laughs> which commissioner? Which commissioner is worse, Roger Goodell or Rob Manfred? I voted Rob Manfred. Zach, you voted 
Rob Manfred. The dude's got egg on his face, man. He it does. looks so bad. And uh, what is it? Uh, 80, no, excuse me, uh, 78%. <laughs> Coming from man, man Agree. Friend. It's uh, Roger Goodell would have won this last week, I'd imagine, wouldn't you think? Would've been or would have been closer. Would have been a lot closer than this. Roger Goodell, you know, a lot of people want to damn people for maybe a, a stance or a statement they said years ago, and they want to say, you know, you're you're done. I don't care if you say sorry. I don't care whatever. You're done. The, what you said years ago, you are vilified for it for the rest of your life. Many would say that about Roger Goodell and his opinions and stance for the NFL when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and kneeling in the NFL, right? But I think what is good a good thing about happening now in America and social media is people now, people can change, people can see the light, people can learn, re-educate themselves or educate themselves and change their outlook on certain issues in life. People are allowed that to a certain degree. Roger Goodell has come out and said, now here's the kicker though. Roger Goodell said they were basically tone deaf and should have understood and realized what the message Colin Kaepernick was bringing to the NFL. But had he ever apologized? Does he need to apologize? To Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Apparently people do think he needs to. I don't know. Look, stuff changes, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some people saying, if you weren't with us before, you're not with us now type of thing. Yes. Uh, Marcus Cromartie, uh, who played for Wisconsin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The cornerback uh, said... You know, Kaepernick players have never begged anybody to do anything. If you weren't kneeling in 26, 20, 2016, 2017, why kneel now? Because um, people change. Yeah, it's stances change. Imagine people change every day. Imagine saying, imagine telling Martin Luther, or, you know, Martin Luther King saying, you know, in a march, we're marching in nineteen sixty five. If you weren't here in nineteen sixty one, you're not with us. You can't be with us. Why? Yeah. Why are you marching now? Well, people change. Movements change. People understand things. People come to a realization of things. Exactly. And that type of stuff matters. That type of stuff, uh, you know, um, people's views change. Thank goodness. People yeah. People uh, understand things more. I, do are some people going to take advantage of the situation and, and kneel just to you know for show? Probably. Of course. But I think there's a lot of uh, uh, quite a few people out there that have grown to realize what it is that the kneeling was about, and they've changed their stance as to uh, you know, whether they would be okay with kneeling. And I, I think that's growth, and, uh, even, yeah. if you, even if you want to be a cynic about it. Exactly, and um, I've seen so many people you know, online just – I remember when Colin Kaepernick first started kneeling, it was no one understood the – not no one, but a lot of people didn't understand the message, didn't understand what it was about, and they vilified him, you know? Yeah, and then those same people I saw vilify Colin Kaepernick years ago are now saying, "Wow, you know, after what happened with George Floyd, his murder, you're looking at it, you're literally like, I now get it." And to me, to me, that's growth. And yeah. I, I, I guess again, I'm not, I'll never understand. No, same. Well, there's not a chance in hell I ever will. Yeah, but, just listen. But I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like, why would you want to turn people away um, from doing something yeah. like that? And I, Roger Goodell's using the platform now to, you know. Again, there's going to be cynics in the world. Yeah, there's no, there's I, all, you're I'm, never going to get rid I'm of them. A, I'm a cynic, like, yeah. for the most part. But like the, in this situation, you've I just, been very positive lately, though, Halpern. I've been the cynic, and you've been, been the role nothing. reversal. Well, I mean, there's there's very little positivity in the world, right? Yeah, and you've been kind of bringing me up lately. And then the reason why I would bring that up is, you know, Roger Goodell. I think a week ago, maybe what this poll would have been closer. It would have been, you know, more possibly for Roger Goodell to win this one of being the worst commissioner. But now Rob Manfred, obviously it's not a societal issue. It's, well, to a degree it is. 
but it's also now there's no baseball. Baseball, this is the first time baseball, there's going to be no baseball. Oh, I saw the, uh, what was the year? i got to go look it up here. This is the first time there will be no baseball since the year 1870. Assuming they don't play. Assu- assuming they don't play, which I'm, I'm taking an assumption here that they're not going to play because Rob Manfred, the commissioner, said that it's basically unlikely they're going to have a season. He's not confident in it. And then uh, Zach and Wisco just reminded me of this. When uh, it was about the Houston Astros and they're cheating, Rob Manfred called <laughs> the World Series trophy just a piece of metal. Yeah, he he has had a rough year. Very let's, rough. Let's be fair about that. Yeah, it's it's not just one thing or here. It's it's not just the fact that they're not playing baseball right now. He's he's had. I mean, he has had a tough go of it. Because right, because it wasn't just the trophy. It was what they didn't do to the Astro- Astros to punish yeah, them. Yeah, he basically said it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, he want, the people wanted more punishment, uh-huh. and he's the one that had the role in that, and he essentially gave him a, a slap on the wrist to the guys. I mean, obviously, having to fire a GM, having to fire a coach, that's a little, you know, your manager, I should say. Yeah. But the players that were involved in it didn't get touched. <laughs> no. Well, the, if I, there is a season, they're going to get touched. They're going to get beamed a lot, I feel, I feel like. Remember when that was a story? Like yeah. when they were going through spring training, over under on beams. The early parts of spring tra- spring training, people were getting people were getting beamed. Yeah, I think they set it at like eighty five and a half for the regular. If there was a normal season, I think yeah. it was like eighty five and a half of Houston Astro players getting plunked. It's still gonna. Oh, it's definitely gonna happen. Oh, totally. So right now, looking like Rob Manfred is literally running away with it. With which commissioner is worse? And you said it in the six o'clock hour. Would you ever want to be a commissioner of a professional sport? The fact that Roger Dale Besides Goodell gets paid forty-eight million was absurd. Yeah, and I don't think all the commissioners getting that, but but their their bank accounts are fine. Their bank accounts are fine, and so I'm I'd be willing to be the villain for that kind of money. <laughs>